If I could have the leaders from Zoe International, from Touch Nepal, from Steadfast Church, from 3FN, from James Storehouse, and from Zoe LA, all come on up here. That would be great. And just kind of line up right up here. Kind of close enough. I don't know, Ryan, what would be on camera? I'd love for them to be able to be visible so you can tell us when we're in the frame. All right, welcome, welcome. How are we doing? All right, uh, so here's what I'd love to do. I'm going to take a moment. Today is Celebrate Generosity. Today's the day that we're starting our, our giving that's going to 100% of everything that comes in today and all week long through Saturday is going to go to these organizations. So we'll divvy it up. We've got a third of it going to our global initiatives, a third of it going to our local initiatives, and our third of it going to our reproducing church initiatives. And that's the way that we have done this for years because we love seeing God's heart in each of these areas. I want to take a brief moment and introduce the, the leaders here. And I've asked them to share a little bit of how you can be praying for them and their ministry. Uh, and I asked for them to give it in, you know, kind of like a minute or so. So that's the, that's the, the time frame. Um, and Mark and Jesse, I'm now asking you guys this because, you know, we missed each other early on. So that's the gist. All right. So uh, first up, this is Nancy Harris. Uh, she leads 3FN in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Nancy, anything you want to say about 3FN and then how we can be praying for you? Absolutely. First of all, I just want to say blessings and thank you to Anthem Church. You all have been a supporter of 3FN. And we are just blessed to um, have received your blessing and here today. Um, 3FN is the Faith Foster Families Network. We are a network of five churches and faith-based organizations in South L.A. who have come together to provide um, education and awareness, human support, recruitment, um, and tangible resources to those children and families impacted by the child welfare system. Many of you already know that in South LA, Spa 6, we have the greatest need. We have the most children removed from homes uh, with the least qualified homes um, for the kids to go to. So it is a 24-7 job, and we are just grateful to God that we have wonderful partners like you all uh, to help us in this journey. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts and blessings, and um, we will continue this marathon until we eliminate the need for foster care. Would you say that's the, the big prayer? I mean, are we ultimately praying through? I forgot about that. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Yes, um, if you all could definitely pray for us that we um, eliminate at some point foster care and that the community comes together to wrap around these families and children. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, Nancy. Maybe you could slide right over here. And Garrison and Meredith, Steadfast Church in South Pasadena. All right. Hey guys, uh, first off, thank you so much for letting us be a part of this amazing moment, this day, Celebrate Generosity. We are super honored to be here. Um, main prayer, we would love for you guys to be praying for more doors for the gospel to be opened in South Pasadena. 
Um, it's been such an adventure watching God provide avenues for us to just step in and have conversations with people we didn't expect and to encounter moments uh, where his presence actually meets us in uh, those conversations and those interactions. And we're just asking for more of that so that as we continue to lay seeds for the gospel, that a community might begin to um, solidify itself and flourish within South Pasadena. Uh, babe, do you have anything? Yeah, on that too, just with COVID and everything in the city, it's a lot more intense than it is around here. So it's made being in South Pasadena more difficult than we would have expected. Ideally, we would be down there all the time trying to meet new people and just connect with the people and really um, kind of get a feel for where the city is at. And it's been kind of tricky to do that with COVID. So just pray that God, like you said, would open up supernatural doors for us to just meet with people and find people of peace that want to partner with us and have a heart for the gospel as well. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, perfect. All right, everybody, this is Vicki McCoy from Zoe in Los Angeles. Thank you so much, Anthem Church. I just want to tell you, we, we, because all of you have been part of this since the beginning, when I came and shared that we bought 50 acres land out in northern part of L.A. County, we are so close to getting our home open. It is so amazing what's happening there. But that's one of our prayer points is would you pray that the final inspections and certificate of occupancy comes within the next week or two. That's how close we are. Also, if you would be praying for our licensure docs, um, that's to become a, a short-term residential therapeutic program for us to be able to receive these girls that are ready to come to our home. We also have an advocacy program in LA County where we're taking care of over 61 youth that are coming out of trafficking in LA County. Some of our youth, they're, they're spending time with their trafficker waiting for a good placement to be open so they could come and feel a safe place and feel loved. So just pray for our advocates. We're able to share love with them. And in some cases, many cases, we're sharing the gospel and giving them Bibles. So thank you so much for your support. We love Anthem Church family. Awesome. Thank you, Vicki. Uh, this is a very unexpected treat and something that we just had no idea was going to happen. But Mike and Carol Hart are here from Thailand. They've been in California for two, three, four months. How long have you guys been here? Six months. They came pre-COVID or, or right at? Okay, so they came pre-COVID to help get the home open in L.A. and have been here ever since waiting for the opportunity to get back to Thailand. We are taking full advantage of their this. Uh, advantage situation. <laughs> so Mike and Carol, would you tell us, how can we be praying for Thailand? When I look at um, the little ki all your little kids around you, I want to make sure that you tell them what you've done, that you feed huh, the starving, that you bring the gospel to people that have never heard about Jesus before. They'll, your kids will do what you do, and this church walks out and lives Jesus on the earth. You're not here by religion. You're here by choice because he's real. Thank you so much. We pray for your family. We thank God that this church exists, this movement exists, that the earth would know him in every way. So I'm going to, that's my 30 seconds. I'm going to thank them. Uh. <laughs> 
Well, we just want to thank you. Uh, you know, one of the things in this uh, global pandemic is a lot of people like in Thailand are just literally starving. They don't have government programs like we have over here. And, you know, during that tragic situation, you know, we've been able to reach out with the gospel. That's the first thing Zoe's called to do is reach every person with the gospel because we want to, you know, rescue them from eternal slavery first. And then we also get to rescue children as well. And it's amazing that even a lot of the Zoe kids go out and they're just being powerfully used by God to win people to Christ, to help feed them, to minister to the needs of families and hurting people all over. So thank you guys. And I want to tell you that we, during COVID, traffickers don't practice social distancing. They don't care about COVID. And so we don't care either. We've not stopped working this entire time, rescuing kids, helping kids. And it's because of your generosity. Know that. Tell your we do as a family. Thank you so much, you guys. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. All right, Mr. Mark Avery from Touch Nepal. Welcome, brother. Hey, welcome. Sabijanalai derai danyabad. It means to all of you, thank you guys so very much. Uh, for prayer requests for Touch Nepal, I wanted to tell you probably the two most important on my heart right now and in our ministry's heart is one is the children and children's education in Nepal. You're either able to afford to send your kids to private school or you send your kids to government school. And all the government schools are shut down. If you're already in the government school, you don't, you can't afford anything. Uh, and all the kids that we minister to are almost all in the untouchable caste system, the deletes. And they're in such a great need of having their education continue. Rays of Hope, uh, which is a, a program sponsored by you guys, an after-school tutoring program, is basically taking the place of school for the children that we minister to. But throughout the country, uh, we obviously don't teach all of the kids throughout the country. So our hearts are really going out for the children. We just ask for your prayers for the kids around the country uh, because education is such a great hope for them. And uh, through Rays of Hope, we get the opportunity to show them the love of Jesus uh, to the Hindu families, the Buddhist families, and the few Christians that are there by loving on them and teaching their kids. Uh, the second that I touched uh, upon when I was interviewed by Phil was the issue of pastors. It's such a difficult time to be a pastor anywhere in the world. And uh, I think that the pastors so often have uh, are so encouraged by the people that are around them, the strength of the close brothers and sisters and the inner circles that, that build them up and give, give them that rock. But I do feel at the end of the day that when the pastors go home, they also have such a great heart for those that are on the very, very fringes, that, that are just on the really outskirts and not really, really connected. And in Nepal, we're seeing the same thing. It's just such a difficult, difficult time for our pastors because as though they're, as even though they're encouraged by the people that they're with, they have such a great heart for the, for those that are on the fringe, that those are just not quite in the kingdom who have just come. So I just ask your prayer for all the pastors around the world and our pastors in Nepal, that they would just be strengthened, encouraged by the people that are around them and that their heart for those that are very far off, which is the heart of Jesus, that, uh, that the kingdom of God just come in such a difficult time. And he is. Thank you, man. I appreciate it very much, Mark. Um, actually, Mark, you want to hang out for just a minute? I'm going to have Kristen come up here in just a second and, and pray for you guys. Jesse, would you tell us a little bit about James Storehouse and how we can be praying for you? 
Yeah, so just like everyone else here, I just want to thank you guys all so much because you guys have continued to support us for a long time, but we're completely donation-based. So every single thing that we get to give to the community comes directly from people like you who care. So just want to thank you guys for that. Um, for those of you who don't know what James Storehouse is, we serve children in foster care ages 0 through 22. So our motto is kind of cribs to college. Um, and we go all the way up to 22 because if a child is 18 and still in the foster care system, they're considered aged out. So without support from adults, it's really, really hard for them to make it on their own. Um, and with prayer, I think since COVID, I've seen um, the pattern of both domestic violence and food insecurity increase for the populations that we serve. And just to kind of share a quick story with that, because I feel like stories are the most impactful. Um, last or two weeks ago, there was this girl who was walking in the parking lot. And for some reason, I, I felt just a specific tug to go talk to her. So I'm talking with her and I asked, you know, COVID, we're both wearing our masks, but it's kind of awkward to ask for hugs now. But I felt like I should ask to hug her. So I asked for a hug and she looks at me really confused. And she was just like, well, no one's ever asked to hug me before. And this girl is 18 years old and no one has asked to hug her. So I'm hugging her now, of course. And she starts crying in my arms. And now I think she feels like a little safer. So she starts sharing her story of how in that moment, she was actually fleeing from domestic violence as she was speaking with me. And not only that, but she had a three-year-old daughter as well, who she was trying to figure out custody over because as she's fleeing, she needs to have custody before she can leave the people abusing her. So here she is sharing this. And it's just, those are the moments where I remember, I'm like, wow, like, I am so glad that I can show God's love to this sweet, sweet girl. Um, and then I got to pray for her. We don't normally do evangelizing, but I felt like I should pray for her. And at the end, she was like, oh, I just feel 10 pounds lighter. And that was just so, so cool. And not even to make it seem like I'm some hero or whatever, because that is not at all. It was all God in that moment of my weakness. But that's also all because of what you guys do is we get to give those resources and we get to show this love because of like churches and communities who are giving us money and resources to be able to love on kids like that. So again, I just want to thank you guys for this opportunity and for all the support that you give for us. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to have them all share because honestly, this is the first time in, I think, Celebrate Generosity history that we've had leaders of every ministry that we're contributing to be present with us while we're here. And so we just wanted to take a moment and pray for you. We're actually going to bring you back up and pray for you again at the end. But I wanted to ask Kristen just to, to pray over these, these needs that are, you don't have to remember them all, but just, you know, praying. <laughs> Jesus, we are so um, odd at how big you are. As I was listening to all of those stories and all of those prayers, I was just um, in awe of the fact that not only are you in every one of those places already, but you know those needs. Um, and just like the song that we, that we sang before, you are relentless and recklessly chasing after all of those people that you love. Jesus, I thank you for these hands and feet who have um, just done the simple task of saying, here I am, send me, and that you have empowered them through your spirit to um, bring your name to all different places in this globe. God, I do. I thank you that you are already there. I thank, the, thank you that you already know these needs these um, of these precious people that um, we love from afar. God, I pray that you would um, be raising up people to meet those needs, to be your hands and feet. Father, I pray that you would um, 
Just multiply the workers into the field to bring your name across the globe here and far. We are so grateful to be a part of your story, whether it be through finances or it be through raising our hand to say, I'll go too. Um, so thank you for these people. Thank you for your gospel of peace. I pray that it would be multiplied um, through these hands and feet and through many more. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you, babe. All right. Thank you guys very much. You can go grab a seat. I'm so grateful for you guys being here. Thank you. All right. Well, um, I do realize that it's uh, nice and warm. I'm not going to teach for a long time, but I wanted to put our minds uh, just into a place of choosing to acknowledge what God has done and choosing to acknowledge how it affects us as people. So the way this is going to go, I'm going to preach a, a short message. Um, won't take us very long, but then we're going to respond in worship. And the way that we'll respond in worship, a huge part of that is our giving. Uh, we actually have cans available under each of the tents for you. If you uh, do your giving physically, you want to write a check or you have cash to give, or all week long. Again, you can go to, uh, we actually have a great website put together with stories from every one of those ministries, celebrategenerosity.com. You can give through that. It's a great way to, uh, to connect and give and find out more about each of those stories. I know that as you hear those, there might even be something welling up in you that says, okay, I love giving and I can't wait to support these ministries, but I, I want to do more. I would love to uh, partner with and connect with and serve in some way. And that's a big part of them being here today is so that as soon as we're done, you make a beeline for somebody that, that, that challenged you, that stirred you, that compelled you. You say, I want to go and I want to find out more about how I can help or how I can uh, be a regular giver, a recurring giver, something along those lines. We, we love that. We're not jealous for that. We want that. We want you to find joy in supporting what God is doing in these hard-to-reach places around the world. So that's uh, what today's going to look like. And then when we're done, honestly, uh, this is the live stream today, so nobody's rushing off. You're welcome to be together, say hello, spend some time. Uh, the parking lot isn't closing down anytime soon, so you know, just relax and, and enjoy. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at two scriptures today. The first is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and the second is going to be in Matthew chapter 6. So we'll start in Colossians 3. One of the things that Jesus had a tendency to do is be countercultural. Okay, so if you read through the, the New Testament and you sort of look at the way of Jesus, and the way of Jesus, it didn't just kind of jump into the stream of culture that was happening in first century Palestine and just kind of roll with it. He actually jumped into the stream and then distinctly tried to lead people a different way, to turn the tide, to show people that the way of the world, the way that we just go, if we don't think about it, if we're never intentional, if we never choose anything different, the way that the world and our flesh takes us is not the way of Jesus. That's not the way that honors God, but it takes intentionality. It takes actually a distinct choice to move a different direction. And Paul writes to that in Colossians chapter 3. He says this. He says, If then you have been raised with Christ, 
So just to start there, anybody that's a follower of Jesus, when Paul writes and says, if then you've been raised with Christ, your hand should shoot up in the air and say, yeah, that's me. And even if it's not your physical hand, it's that little heart hand that you've got that just kind of pops up and says, oh yeah, I know. I have been raised with Christ. That is a defining reality of you as a follower of Jesus. So Paul's, that's Paul's creative way of saying, all right, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've invited Jesus into your heart, whatever phrase kind of captured your heart to define what it means to be one of God's children as a follower of Jesus, Paul's writing to you. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So one of the basic realities is if we're in this life for survival, then we should probably stop talking about generosity because generosity is a little bit counter-survival. If you were a survivalist and you got dropped into the woods, how many of you guys like watching those shows where you just, you know, get airdropped into, I don't know, the mountains in Alaska and you've got two weeks to get out or something like that. If you were a survivalist on one of those shows, uh, to be honest, generosity is not your number one core value in that particular environment. Survival requires some different core values. But one of the beautiful things about the way that Paul articulated this is he said, well, actually, you died already, and your life is hidden with Christ in God, and so now what you have is eternal life, not a physical life that needs to be grasped onto. You're not a survivor in this world. You're not clinging to every last vestige of what this world has to offer. You have been set free from that. You have been liberated from death, and now you have eternity as your new state of being, and it allows you to exist in this new place where you can set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth that will get you where you need to get here in this place. As followers of Jesus, we have a distinctly different culture, and that is that we're just in this world for different reasons than everybody else. Now, I know we're not a big amen kind of church, but at least internally, almost like a, like a burp that you're trying to hide, there should be an amen that comes out of that that just says, yeah, I am in this world for different reasons than people that don't know Jesus. And the reality is I have been released from the hold of survival. I can live differently. So Paul says, if you're raised with Christ, you've got a whole different value set. You're not a survivor anymore. You're not clinging to this earth anymore. You're clinging to eternity. You're clinging to heaven. You're holding on to it with the greatest and tightest grip because that is now what is true and eternal for you is eternity. And here, well, this is the battlefield, the mission field. You've got tasks to carry out. You've got a job to do. But it's without this fear of death or the physical end. It's without needing to hold on to the things of this earth that will, I don't know, help you get your next meal. God actually says, that's my job, not yours. So if you go to what Jesus said, he said something very similar in Matthew chapter 6. He's teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Now in chapter 5, 
In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says multiple times, he says, you've heard it said, but I say. And when Jesus is doing that, he's trying to get us to think, okay, there's the way of the world, there's the way it goes, there's the way I hear, there's things that are moving a certain direction, but Jesus has a different way. And then he launches into chapter six with the Lord's Prayer and teaches us a different kind of mindset. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the, the, the path kind of steers to money. And he teaches us this. This is Matthew chapter six, verses 19 through 24. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. I mean, just to throw this out there, how many of you guys have rust problems on the side yard of your house? Any, anybody? Any bikes just kind of hanging over there, rusting out? Any like just things, projects, dreams, stuff that just lands on the side of your house and it's just rusting? I don't know how much of a moth problem we have. Anybody have moth problems? I don't know how big of a thing that is anymore. But... The reality is, Jesus is teaching, the stuff of this world crumbles. Everything in it. Everything in this world crumbles. And so I want you to think about investing your life into things that are different than the things of this world. It's fine to use the things of this world to get from point A to point B, but I want your mindset, your heart, your treasure to be somewhere else. He says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The thing that you find value in, the thing that will get you from point A to point B, the thing that you put your effort towards, that is going to show me your heart. It's going to show me what it means to be a follower. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And then he says this, this is where he's going with that. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. There have been a lot of people throughout history that have tried to prove Jesus wrong. Oh, I can serve God and money. No, I can, I, other people can't, but I can. I can serve God and money. I can pursue both equally. Jesus was wrong. I've got it figured out. I've got the way to do this. But Jesus is trying to clarify something with every single person that will ever hear his voice. You can choose to follow me or you can choose to follow the money of this world that will provide for you in the here and now that has no eternal value, but you can't choose both. Are you going to choose eternity or are you going to choose the present day? That's the bottom line. Now, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, in theory, we have already chosen eternity over the present day, but why is it a constant battle? Because the enemy just loves to throw things in there and just throw a wrench into that, the character and the nature of God. He loves for you to doubt eternity. He wants your eyes here and now. He wants you to take your eyes off of God and what God has said and what God will provide and to put your eyes on this world and the things that it can provide and all that is here and now. That would be his preference 
over you having your eyes set on things above. So the Bible pulls the thread of discipline and says, well, let's work on this a little bit. Let's make sure that wherever we go and whatever we do, we choose to fix our minds, to put our eyes on things that are above God, heaven, eternity, Jesus, all time, all place, the gospel, the good news, everything that God has in store for us, treasures in heaven. And to do that, we have to discipline ourselves to, I'm going to say this, to devalue the things of earth. Jesus is actually devaluing the wealth of the world. He says it, moth and rust can destroy this stuff. Whatever you... We, we just talked about it in 1 Peter. You were bought, but not with perishable things like silver or gold. That's the thing about silver and gold is they barely perish. Those things barely fall apart. And Peter's like, yeah, that stuff is not eternal at all. You were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That has value. That's the eternal stuff. And so when we think about how we posture and frame our lives, as a church, we're just trying to make sure we go back to this place over and over and over. Have your eyes drifted down to the things of this world. Have your eyes gotten so locked in, and it happens. Stuff breaks. Our bodies break down, and there's medical bills. Our houses break down, and we've got to fix stuff. Our cars break down. And we've got to pay the mechanic, and all of a sudden, our whole world gets focused on the things of the here and now. It's so hard not to walk down that path. But there is something powerful when even in the storms of this world, we as Jesus' followers are able to say, my treasure's in heaven. I'm fixing my eyes on things above. The thing that really matters, whether I have money or I don't, whether I have a job or I don't, whether I have my health or I don't, whether I have a next meal or I don't. See, this has to go beyond just what we talk about in the U.S. This has to translate to Thailand. This has to translate to the rural villages where people have said yes to following Jesus. And Jesus comes to them and he says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Rather, <laughs> store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And Jesus is, is saying, find your treasure in me, not in the thing that will get you your next meal because I'm bigger than even that. See, generosity is not just a rich person's game. This is for the entire world to know the generous God. But if we in Southern California are not leading the way, acknowledging all that we've been given and being ridiculously generous with everything that God has entrusted to us, then there is something missing in our faith, something missing in where our eyes are fixed. I've told you this weeks up till now, we don't care about the final dollar amount. There's no thermometer. There's no goal. We're not trying to get to a set dollar. That's not the message of generosity. The message of generosity is turn your heart over to the Lord and trust that he is bigger. He is bigger than all that this world can provide. And when you go to that place, and then you say, okay, Lord, how do you want to use what you've entrusted to me to bless, to encourage, to build up, to extend your kingdom, to rescue kids, 
to educate these little Nepali children, to provide for families in foster care in Ventura County and LA County. Lord, how much do you want me to give? And you've already released your heart from the things of this world. Something changes in that conversation. And that is our goal. That's what we're aiming at. That's why Celebrate Generosity happens every year. It's because we love Jesus and we want him to affect the way that we approach all that he has entrusted to us. So here's how we're going to respond to this. Starting today, although some of you went on and cheated and gave a little bit early, so uh, we'll say that was okay. We won't call that cheating. We'll call that advanced knowledge. Anybody that would like to, we want to encourage you to give. If for some reason today's the first day that you're hearing this message and you're like, I got to go and pray about this. You've got all week to go and pray about this and ask the Lord, what do you want me to give? How can I be a part of this? What do you want me to do to join in with what's happening here and now? If you're ready for it, we have cans. If you're ready for it, you can go online on your phone. If you need the week, take the week. This is an opportunity for you to, to go to the Lord and be discipled by him. So giving is a huge part of our response, and we want to encourage you with that. We're going to worship Jesus today. We're going to sing his praises. We've got two more songs to sing. And here's the thing about being outside. And if I could bring Ahmad up here, I'm not going to Ahmad right now, but if I brought Ahmad up here right now to... Uh, I won't say rebuke, but I will say exhort the church to sing at least 30 times louder than you sing when we're in the building. Because, you know, sound kind of dissipates when we're outdoors. And, and you kind of hear the band, but you can't hear everybody else. So you got you to gotta sing just a little bit louder in order for the church family to know that you're here. Because we sing to the Lord, but we also sing to one another psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And so we celebrate the name of Jesus, and we're going to lift him up in worship. We're going to take communion together, and uh, we will pass that out, and we'll close our whole gathering with a time of communion together. And so that'll be the thing that we save for the end. And we'll bring the ministries up here, and I'm going to have the elders that are here, I'm going to have them pray over these ministries and the money that has come in and that will come in throughout the week. We want to bless it that God would multiply it and use it for his glory. So those are the ways that we're going to respond today. You guys ready to respond? All right, good. Even those cheers and the amens, I'm just trusting that they're just getting swallowed up by the road noise, but you guys just let out a raucous, a raucous cheer. That's what that probably was. I just couldn't hear it because I'm deaf. So I'm going to have the band come on up here. You guys come get yourself set up. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to get ready to worship Jesus. So Jesus, we love you, and we praise you. I do pray for this, um, this setting our minds on things above. I do pray for this storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Lord, I would love it if uh, as we leave here today, whenever people drive away, that those phrases don't leave our minds. That, that just the idea of what does it mean for me to set my mind on things above, not on earthly things? What does it mean for me to store up for myself and for ourselves treasures in heaven rather than treasures on earth? How do, or what do I do with that? How do I, how do I do that in my life 
with my money, with my family, with my future, with my job? How do I do these things? These things. So Lord, we just pray that this would be a part of our discipleship to you, that you would be training us to follow you with full, full conviction, full passion. So Lord, as we stand on our feet, as we lift our hands, as we lift our voices, again, would this be a fragrant offering to you, Jesus? Would you be glorified? Whatever dollars come in, Jesus, would you be glorified? Because those dollars, as they go out, we want them to be blessed. We want them to have your name stamped on every single one of those dollars as they go out into the nations, into the community, into the churches, Lord. Bless them. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.